Blimey. This is one out of a jam jar, you got here. House of Mystery contains demons, angels, elementals, magicians, wizards, apparitions, adult language, and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not enter the House of Mystery. All right, then. On with the show. All right. Hello. Welcome, everyone, to the House of Mystery, the John Constantine and Friends podcast. I am Michael Flores, the host, and in the House of Mystery is the bisexual butler, David. <laughs> Hello, David. Hello, everybody. Are you a demon bisexual butler? If that means that I get the night nurse, that's fine with me. And, and also at your game, because you're bisexual. <laughs> so I will give you both, as long as you continue to clean up this place. Well, at least Etrigan's going to actually rhyme while he's actually banging me. He's <laughs> a demon. Do you think he really cares? <laughs> I care, David. <laughs> All right. So here we are today. You and I are going to be breaking down and discussing Hellblazer Rise and Fall. Number one, which is a three-part, 48-page prestige plus format. So it is big. Yes. Big art, big faces, big gore. Honestly, it's one of my favorite things about the Black Label and this prestige format. Yeah. It reminds me of the old days of film. The old-fashioned spaghetti westerns. I'm a film buff, so that's what it reminds me of. And I can only imagine an artist just loves the shit out of it. Oh, absolutely. You're telling me I can really bring some nuances to the close-ups? Let me have at it. (laughs) And that's the beauties of the Black Label, dude. Some of the work in Black Label, except for a few. (laughs) There's been a few downers. There's been a few dead ones. But overall, the Black Label titles have been stellar with their art we are reading currently and we do have a show planned for it um the question question. talk about well use well usage of that prestige format yes they nailed it i I honestly think the question that series itself could only work in the black label series it definitely helps it 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 could only work there because the storytelling that they're doing there Unfortunately, I can't see mainstream mm-hmm. DC accepting that story. Oh, no. Which is sad. Yeah. Well, because that's why we have Black Label, Dave. Yeah. Right? That's why we have that's Black why Label. We have Black Label. I thank you, DC, for giving us something. <laughs> so this issue, or this three-part issue, I should say, is written... Three-part story is a better way of saying that. Is written by Tom Taylor with art and cover by Derek Robertson. And there's also a variant cover as well from Lee Bermijo. Yes. I believe that's how you say his name. And it's well worth the buy. Oh, absolutely. You better get yourself that variant. That, that, if, if you're lucky, because now the variants are getting much more scarce. Well, if you pre-ordered, you don't have to worry. That is true. Yeah. If you, if you <laughs> that's if you're, the if only you're way wanker, you're going to think it. Guess what? You're going to lose out. So the synopsis for this story arc here. A billionaire mysteriously falls out of the sky and is gruesomely skewered on a church spire. (laughs) Even stranger, they have angel wings attached to their back. More bodies soon follow, raining death and causing widespread panic. Detective Aisha Bakari is stumped by the phenomenon until she is visited by her childhood friend, a cult investigator, applause, 
John Constantine. Would you want to be the childhood friend of Constantine no. at this point? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I'd be like going, please get this motherfucker away from me. 911! <laughs> you are 911. <laughs> call it anyway! Call it anyways. <laughs> get this man out of here! Dude. And that's where I think uh, Tom Taylor, I was really excited to see Tom Taylor take up this title. Because I, I wanted to see his rendition of John Constantine. Right. And to some degree, I actually think he understands him. When you read this issue, you kind of understand Constantine. He, he understands the tropes of Constantine, which is everybody that has been close to him, whether he was a child or to adulthood, are fucked. They, they're, they're basically fucked because they've been touched by Constantine. And he's like that proverbial black cat that if he crosses your path, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. There's definitely at least some anecdotal information pertaining to or knowledge pertaining to John Constantine. Well, especially in the very beginning. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not saying he doesn't. He absolutely understands the basics for sure. He understands the basics. I mean, that is a basic concept of Constantine since the Vertigo days that Anyone close to Constantine knows wherever he goes, only doom follows. And that's why that's what makes the relationships that Constantine does cherish, like a Zatanna, like a swamp thing. It makes it very special because those those characters understand who Constantine is. Well, it kind of goes in hand with the whole drifter vagabond vibe. That is John Constantine. I mean, that is his archetype, the man that's destined to walk this world this alone world alone because anyone who gets too close gets burned. So there's been a lot of hype, Dave, as you, as, as everyone can tell by the way you're talking about this series here, there's been a lot of hype for me as well. The moment I heard about it, I pre-ordered not just one copy, but two. Mm-hmm. The very is definitely a must have. And because my, I'm not going to put this comic book shop out there. That's kind of rude. They didn't deliver on time. <laughs> so I had to buy a digital copy. So now there's three versions that I purchased. <laughs> <laughs> so I was very excited when it was first announced. I wasn't quite sure I should say what to expect. Uh, Tom Taylor is known for those big snazzy event yes. type series. I've said before, he's a lot like Michael Bay. Or Steven Spielberg, the James Cameron of comics. He writes very high concept, big budget type escapism. Yes. A lot of fun. Typically, Hellblazer is not that. Hellblazer is not a lot of fun. No. A lot of depressing moments. And it's not escapism. It can be as we saw with the launch of the new 52. So it can be, it can be escapism, but typically when you think of Hellblazer, many of our minds go to the vertigo days, right? Yes. It goes back to the current run right now being written by Cy Spurrier and art from Aaron Campbell, but it can be written in a more loose, fun escapist type way. Mainstream. Mainstream. Yes. Mainstream. And all we have to do is look at the new 52 for that and Justice League Dark. Yeah. And the thing is, I know that Tom Taylor can write for the mainstream. And all honesty, 
this was actually DC's quote-unquote game plan was to bring Constantine to a bigger audience because they wanted to ride this popular character. They right. saw how popular he was and said, you know what? Let's try to push him forward. Let's try to put him out there to the mainstream and see if it'll click. And choosing Tom Taylor to do it, he showed that he could take concepts and make it click with the mass audience. Yeah, and I get that. Their intentions were definitely to bring Constantine into the mainstream, but they already did that with the New 52. With the New 52. And they succeeded. They, without a doubt, succeeded. Yeah. But here they are again, trying to help this character out, which it works. I don't think there isn't... There's never enough mainstream titles. Yeah. It's the reason why they do these things all throughout the year with different characters. They try to find a certain property and they drop it in as a guest appearance, this character or whatever it may be into a mainstream title and they see if it has legs. Yeah. And yes, their intentions were to bring Constantine into the mainstream for a third or fourth time. To take Constantine and throw him in a grand superhero level type of situation. Yes. Tom Taylor's popularity can't be challenged. The guy's a hit. Oh, yeah. The guy is a verifiable success. Just look at his social media page. Everything that guy posts. Thousands and thousands of likes and retweets. So if you know what to look for, it's quite obvious what DC is attempting to do here with Rise and Fall. Let's draw more eyes to Hellblazer as a title. As a title, and I think what they also want to do, they, they want to make someone like Tom Taylor carry the title because, let's be honest, the New 52 Constantine, me and you have discussed about it before, it wasn't well-received by hardcore fans, right? We've, we've discussed this yeah. in the past about Constantine. The it way, has its moments. And it has its moments. Yeah. But from the get-go, they wanted to ha- like smack it in a, a home run right off the bat. And all the fans would love that Constantine right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Instead, they got a divide where it was like the hardcore fans were like, this isn't our John. Right. But then you had the mainstream going, oh, no, I, I like this John Constantine. I'm going to re- continue reading it and carry on this title. What well, brought in new fans? This run... I feel is DC trying to say, let's bring the divide together. Let's take a bridge. Let's make a bridge. Mm -hmm. Let's say, okay, hardcore fans are going to like this title and new 52 fans are going to like this title also. And, and then I see this, this, if this succeeds really well, they're going to continue a Constantine series even more. So, yeah, well, that's, that was, that much was said. Yeah. From, I believe, the editor of Black Label. He put out a tweet because there were people that were a little miffed that this is being promoted when we just, I should, not we, DC just canceled the ongoing Hellblazer title. So I believe the editor got out there on social media and said, please, guys, don't boycott. The whole purpose of this is to take someone's fan base, Tom Taylor. And to bring new eyes to a character. To a character. And if anything, it's going to help the success of, a, of another Hellblazer series or of the ongoing Hellblazer series. Yes. And I, I disagree with that. Honestly, I disagree. 
because you're selling to a certain type of audience who's not reading the current run of Hellblazer exactly. because it's not their cup of tea. It's too dark. It's too morose. But unfortunately, that is truly Hellblazer. Hellblazer. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of a conundrum that they're in. It, they, sure, they may bring in a percentage, but for the most part, everyone that's loving Tom Taylor's run isn't going to drink the the Cyspurrier Kool-Aid. Exactly. They're, they're just not. And that Kool-Aid that Cyspurrier is offering is true Constantine. Is true Constantine, yes. So sad to say the current ongoing Hellblazer series isn't quite registering on those sales charts, and that's why we're in the conundrum that we currently are. Critically, it's a huge success. Mm-hmm. But sales-wise, sales-wise, it's not registering. And that's what I think they want the black label title to do. Not only you're, you're talking about Tom Taylor's. Yeah. You're talking about, yeah. Not only do they want it rise to, and fall, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. To to score well critically, but it's got to sell. It's got to be a decent selling uh, selling title, and that's why I, I do agree. I do agree with the editor saying that people need can't boycott this. Yeah. This title, because if they boycott it, all it's going to do is just basically continue the 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 frustration of how John Constantine's titles are going to get canceled. Right. Yeah. When Tom Taylor is trying to bring a new audience in and make those sales numbers really skyrocket. Listen, he has his own fan base, just like Scott Snyder has his own fan base. Exactly. Whenever you put something out, it's going to sell. So, but again, I just feel like it's a bit of a catch 22 because it is. I mean, if you like Tom Taylor's stuff, chances are you're not. Most of his fans aren't really going to dig the tri- traditional uh, Constantine hey, stories. Yeah. Oh. But what do I know, Dave? I'm only a Hellblazer fan. What well, do that, I know? That's what, that's what I'm really. That's one of the things that I, I earmarked for me when I came, when I went into the series and I was going to critique it. One of the biggest things that I was going to say is I am not going to judge this series just on one sole issue this is one of those series that i've mentioned in the past with critiquing comics yeah that i have to see the whole product at the end so that means that my overall thought like if it's good or not isn't going to come to fruition till issue three yeah see you're a little too fair for me because i feel like issue one should grab you uh, and I agree because I mean, that, that's, that's the normal a, thing that's that, a, that should happen. You have 48 pages. It should grab you. It should. So from the business side of things, I get exactly what they're doing. I'm business savvy. I get it. You can even compare this strategy to the move that Warner Brothers did with Sherlock Holmes back in 2009. Mm-hmm. You have a big budget Sherlock Holmes for the mainstream. And then you have 2010's Cumberbatch Holmes which was more nuanced and overall better quality product. And it was designed for niche group. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how you can compare the two Hellblazers here. You have the mainstream 2009 Sherlock Holmes blockbuster, which is rise and fall. And then you have the more nuanced Cumberbatch Holmes from 2010, which is Cy Spurrier's run. And I honestly think that that's a really good way of putting it. It's two different two different versions of Constantine. Now the question becomes, will this Tom Taylor's Constantine connect with the audience? I don't know, because my initial thoughts, that's kind of my initial thoughts on issue one. It was a mainstream attempt to promote Hellblazer. Yes. It looks like John. 
it kind of sounds like John, but for me, it's not quite the John that hardcore Hellblazer fans are used to. And I think that's okay because I don't think we are necessarily the target demo for this. The writing wasn't bad. Time Taylor is obviously a capable and accomplished writer. He's proven himself as a writer. Issue one is relatively very simple. Not a lot of pizzazz, not a lot of style. I will say this, this just isn't his best work. Oh no, it isn't. I I would, I would agree with you there. He's been given a 48 page prestige format, Dave, 48 pages in the prestige format. And the plot moved at a snail's pace. Yes. He took his time with it. Young, you make it sound good, Dave. (laughs) Young John is bad luck. He kills a kid by accident. A dude is dropped from the sky with angel wings. John shows up to investigate. Lucifer shows up. The end. That's the plot. 48 pages. In prestige format. And that's what we were given. Yeah. Because it feels way too... For me, it felt like Tom Taylor with the first issue tried to play it safe. 48 pages. It was 90% fluff. I mean, I listen, I got to be honest. I know I'm a John Constantine Hellblazer fan, and I always will be, and I still enjoyed this series. But can you imagine if Simon Spurrier was given a 48-page prestige format? He would write circles around this guy. Yeah, but <laughs> going back to what you were saying, though, he wouldn't bring any... I, I like Spurrier. Yeah but he would not bring the numbers needed to actually carry this. Time. You're right. You're, you're not wrong, Dave. And yeah. that's the conundrum. That's the conundrum. I feel like at the end of the day, this title isn't necessarily for us or hardcore Hellblazer fans. If you're, yes. I mean, justice league dark, even this current, the current run of justice league dark is amazing. They do it better. Oh, I, I, I'd agree with that because when you take a look at the title, or take a look at the issue. It honestly feels like this was a issue that was written for the layman. The guy that basically is just coming into. You're right. In, into You're this absolutely character. right. Because like. It was written as a way to introduce new audiences. Yeah. To Constantine. Because the, in a very vanilla fashion. V- vanilla fashion. Because like if. Taylor were to actually come out and just give us a hardcore John Constantine, like what Spurrier does, it might go over the audience, the mainstream audience, not our heads, but the mainstream audience's head. I'm just confused because Taylor knows the nuance of Constantine. Look at the bit he wrote in Deceased, Dead Planet Number 1, where Constantine was drinking alone, I believe, in the Oblivion Bar. Yeah. We did a, an entire 45-minute show just on, I believe, two pages. Yes. So he can do it. Oh, yeah, he can. So it goes right back to promotion of Hellblazer, and it reinforces your point that you just made, that it's designed for the layman. For the layman. Because it, when you take a look at how he's written John in the past— he knows what he's doing. He's did it in Deceased. He did it in Injustice for season two. 
And all those times, everyone has said he gets John Constantine. And maybe that's why I'm so disappointed overall in this issue, because he's giving us a really good John Constantine in Deceased. Mm-hmm. Because... I mean, dude, even in Deceased uh, was a good way to die. Is that the one shot last yes. year? I forgot the name of it. But the Deceased one shot that starred John Constantine. Mm-hmm. We fanboys so hard over that issue. Oh, absolutely. And but but he's not he's pushing the envelope with that. Like with deceased and with injustice, he pushes the envelope. He pushes the envelope. He's taking risks. I don't feel like he's really taking a risk. But I know where issue one, but this is where you do it. This is where you grab people. This is where you really take advantage of the of the reader and show them what you're capable of. Instead, we're given kind of a paint by numbers, what you would expect from John Constantine. And then it ends with a Lucifer cliffhanger. Once again, capitalizing on the popularity of the Lucifer TV series. Yes. Easy. It doesn't feel like he's actually trying to make something complicated or he's trying to push the envelope. It's, Hey, I'm going to go for those, those easy moments. And honestly, that that's why I came to the conclusion that when it comes to looking at this title, there's more writing on this title than any other title that Tom Taylor has taken in regards to John Constantine. Because when you think about it injustice and deceased people had zero expectations on that. Yeah. They had zero expectations. Even, uh, I mean, DC was surprised that both of those series became so goddamn popular that they had to continue with that, continue them on. And that was due to how, as you, uh, like what you said, Tom Taylor just threw everything at it, had no care in the world. He focused on the story. And this title, especially when you take it, like what you alluded to, the promotion on this, DC is touting this to be a high volume selling title. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that's different than looking at it from the way deceased and injustice and any of the other, even like down to Spurrier's Spurrier's title, which again, I say Spurrier is his work on Hellblazer. I agree with a lot of what the artists and the writers are saying out there. Guys, if you, if you don't want, if you didn't want the title to be canceled, go buy the title, at least show that, show that basically that support because if there's no support for it if i was if i was size spurrier i'd be so pissed off I, i'd be like i would understand i, I would I be would understand i'd be yes of course he's rational thought business mind yes but at the same time you got to be irked a bit that you put so much into your title and you really work hard to write great individual issues for yours to be canceled. And then Tom Taylor to break record sales, which we don't know that yet, but it's probably going to, I I have a gut feeling. It's, I mean, it's the same argument. I mean, low art, high art, which one's better, which one sells. We all know low art typically sells more than high art. Yes. So it, 
again, it's not bad. It's just not necessarily my my type of thing. And yes, I do keep going back to Spurrier and his run because that's our ongoing series currently. Yeah. Look at how much plot and narrative were given in Spurrier's Hellblazer. It's insane how much ground is covered. Oh, yeah. In what, 20 some issues? How much we learn about John without on the nose exposition. Mm -hmm. In issue one, we get the most lamest thing I've ever read in the last year. That scene where Constantine says it's something or someone reanimating my guilt. Yes. I'm like, oh, my eyes. That was on the nose. My eyes rolled so far back. But here's the thing. Now, it makes us as avid readers. Can you see Spurrier writing anything like that? Oh, absolutely not. But if Spurrier were to take this. It's all within the subtext. It's all within the subtext. But if you were to actually take that and put it in front of Joe Schmo. I guarantee you it will go right over their head. I'm not Joe Schmo. (laughs) (laughs) And I know that's why for me, I agree with you. It's not this title. This, this one issue is not written for us. It isn't. And Dave, that's where I keep going. That's what you take. You keep taking me back there and you're right. It's not. Because most of this is done purposely because this does feel like a get your feet wet type of entry. Yes. For those people not too familiar with the character. And if that's the case, then fine. But I don't think the more longtime readers are going to awe over this issue. No, I I feel like most of the hardcore longtime readers who are actually reading Spurrier's run is just going to be like, oh, okay. Exactly. No one's going to get on Twitter and say, oh, my God, Tom Taylor. Now, I've seen that already being done by his fans. By his fans. But I have not seen any of the the regulars that are reading Spurrier's Run get on social media and say, oh, this is the best story ever. Because if you're reading Spurrier's Run religiously, there's no way you would say that. Mm-hmm. Now, you could like it and enjoy it for exactly. what it is, but you're not going to try to say, oh, my God, this is amazing. Because it just <laughs> simply is not. It simply is not. But the uh, the one point that I want to emphasize, though, just from my point, is I honestly think this was a adequate and very well done introduction to the character. Mm-hmm. And if I were to give this to a brand new comic book reader, that's where I would that's where I do it. I would tell the audience okay, that's if fair. you if you are just dabbling into Constantine and you're listening to us, you're learning about Constantine. Le- uh, from us, and you actually just want to read a Constantine story with fresh eyes, take this title. It gets the concepts right, and you won't be, it, it won't like. But you know what? I do the opposite. I would give them Cy Spurrier's Volume 1, The Mark of Woes, that's about to be released at the end of September, <laughs> and say, you, you may not be ready for this. <laughs> I'll do a Back to the Future maneuver. You may not be ready for this. Your kids are going to love it. Your kids are going to love it. And see, in a way, Mike, I want, I want our audience to have some lubrication first. This is lubrication. Lubrication. The one shot, the Sandman Universe one shot was the lube. <laughs> that was the lube. <laughs> I feel like this is unneeded. DC could have put the marketing dollars that they put into Rise and Fall and actually did their job and marketed Cy Spurrier's title 
Because what the fuck happened? There is no marketing. I think they basically just didn't have faith in it. I was baffled by the internet and the big tier blogs. Their headlines are Taylor brings back the vertical era Constantine. I don't agree with that. Absolutely. I'm like, hmm, really? Could have sworn Spurrier's been doing this for just about a year now. A year now? I scrolled through social media and people were championing this as a return to form for Hellblazer. It's as if no one is aware of the ongoing Hellblazer title. So rather than dropping hundreds of thousands of dollars into variants and Tom Taylor's salary, don't you think the wise thing would have been, hey, let's renew Hellblazer by Cy Spurrier, and also let's start a huge marketing campaign because for some reason people aren't aware that Cy Spurrier is around. That he's writing Hellblazer. And the only evidence you need of that, the proof, is on social media. Oh, yeah. There are people writing blogs as if Cy Spurrier isn't currently even writing Hellblazer. Hellblazer. What the fuck happened with the marketing of this? (laughs) And unfortunately, this is what the comic book industry is. It's a lot of, like, they want to bet on hindsight. Hindsight's, you know... Infamous in the comic book industry. And I, the the scenario that you posed out there would be the most logical thing you could possibly think. All right. We want to actually boost the sales of Hellblazer. Let's add some promotion to it. Let's get let's get him renewed and give him a second run. Maybe their idea of marketing Hellblazer is using Tom Taylor. Hey, guys, you like Tom Taylor's run? Then you should check out Cy Spurrier. If that's their plan, then okay, let's do it. Let's see it happen. One guy writes on Twitter, if you've never read a Hellblazer comic before, Rise and Fall is a fine place to start. Okay. I agree with that. If you have read Hellblazer comic before, it'll be like meeting an old friend for a drink down at the pub where (laughs) everything's just as good as you remember it. No mention of Cy Spurrier. And at that, I'm like, now you just. And this is one of 40 that I scrolled through in 10 minutes that are all very similar. Now, here's a negative comment from my Twitter follower. Three steps to make a Hellblazer series. One, create a new character and name him John Constantine. Two, write a shit story. Three, claim it's Hellblazer. Ta-da! Hellblazer rise and fall. Brilliant! Hashtag Hellblazer. And he's more on par with us, in my opinion. Like, he is all about Spurrier's run. And it's not about being a fanboy of one writer. I I hate when people say, oh, you're a fanboy of that person, that's why. No, 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 no. I'm a fanboy of writing. Yeah. I'm a fanboy of good writing. If you're a good writer, I'm going to love it. I don't care who you are. And if you are not, if you're a good writer and you write a shit story, I'm going to say it because I'm not your fanboy. Uh, what's that thing we say on this network? A talent sexual? You know, yes. there's bisexuals. There's, you know, all types of different sexualities, right? Sexual preferences nowadays. Yeah. I'm a talent sexual. A talent sexual. I will fuck you if you're a good writer. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a good- that sounds awful. It does. It does. All right, let's take a quick break. Let's let's go to a quick break, and then when we get back, we'll jump into 
some of the pros of of rise and fall. I don't want to be too negative. I feel like we're drifting into that territory, and I don't want to be that. So, quick break, and we'll be right back. Who the hell do you think I am? Benedict bloody Cumberbatch. Hey, Hellblazer fans, be sure to check out John Constantine Hellblazer Volume 1, Marks of Woe, on sale September 29th. One of DC's most iconic characters, John Constantine Hellblazer, is back the way you remember him, and now a part of the Sandman universe in this brand new series. The series collects the Sandman universe, presents Hellblazer number one, and John Constantine Hellblazer one through five. Be sure to check out the podcast description of this episode for the details. It helps us stay on the air when you click through our affiliate links and purchase through us. Thank you. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. This is so powerful and a little demeaning. Right. You know, I use this to pump me up in the mornings. I put it on. Like reverse psychology? I, I, I go to the segment of the show where Tony just cursed me out. Mm-hmm. And I play it. Just to remind me. Fuck you! To remind me of past sins and also the berating that I obviously like and need to start my day. I look in the mirror and I just. Fuck you! I'm like, look at your hair. Fuck you! Your hairline. Fuck you! Where is it going? Fuck you! Uh, your fucking nose. Fuck you! Your ears as you get older. Fuck you. Your fucking wrinkles. Fuck you. Your crow's feet. Fuck you. Your small dick. Fuck you. Your fucking belly Fuck fat. You. Where's your abs at? You do abs every day. Fuck you. Your chest, where? Fuck you. Biceps, where? Fuck you. I work out seven days a week. Fuck you. And yet I can't enjoy my food. <laughs> the Rain Man Show, exclusively on Rain Man Digital. Head over to RainmanDigitalMedia.com for more details or search for it wherever you listen to podcasts. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, RAINMAN, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, Mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code RAINMAN. Again, that's RAINMAN. Because without it, no free stuff. That's RAINMAN at adamandeve.com. All right, then. On with the show. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the House of Mystery, the John Constantine and Friends podcast. I am no longer an asshole. I have calmed down. I have woosud. And I hope, Dave, I'm not coming across as an asshole. I would like to think I'm coming across as a fair, rational person. I'm just calling it how I see it, Dave. Yeah. Do you agree or disagree? Go ahead. No, I agree. I agree. All the points you made prior to the break, I fully agree with you. My stance is, well, this issue isn't made for us. I, I think that's what it comes down to, right? Yeah. It comes, yeah. It's not made for us. 
it's still an important issue to me because this is the only this is the one of the biggest ways that we can get new eyes and a bigger audience for John Constantine that will open the possibilities of the character even more. And that's fair. I, you can kind of look at it like John Constantine and Legends of Tomorrow. Not a fan of Legends of Tomorrow. I'm just yeah. not. I've tried <laughs> and I Many continue to watch for John Constantine. But the one thing that that has done is, is actually it has helped the popularity of the character. So because of that, I support the show. So if Rise and Fall will do the same thing for this character, then I'm 100% on board. Now, there was some political aspects to Rise and Fall. I think we barely scraped the tip of the iceberg in the first issue. Yeah. Again, I have a problem with that because we're dealing with 48 pages in prestige format, and we didn't really get into the actual story yet, the political side. Uh, But there was an interview Tom Taylor did with DC where he goes into his plan of action, his strategy behind Rise and Fall. He says, this is a very twisted book. I actually want to give people exactly the John they've seen before. I want to write the bloke who steps out of the shadows with the smirk, the lit cigarette, and all the answers. I want a story of shocks and sadness and triumph in the face of utter horror. He then goes into the political aspects. I love writing characters who speak truth to power. John doesn't just speak truth to power. He tears power a new one any chance he gets. Yeah. He's also not your standard perfect hero. He makes a lot of mistakes and people in his orbit get hurt. But there's a beautiful heart beating in the bastard. There's something very cathartic about class warfare where the upper class doesn't win every damn battle. That last bit there does make me excited for issue two and issue three. Now, I'm not a fan of politics in the way that people think. I don't give a fuck who's in the White House. They're all the same. Yeah. But I do like politics, especially when it's embedded within your stories. And in my opinion, class warfare is the topic we should be tackling all the time. Because it's not about race. That's all distraction. Getting political here for a moment. Black lives matter. All lives matter. Blue lives matter. That's all distraction. It's all about classism. Class warfare. That's the true battle. And once people figure that out, many of these problems will subside. And the fact that Taylor obviously sees that and that he wants to tackle something a bit different opposed to, say, racism, which is kind of the go-to right now, right? Yeah. Or perhaps feminism is also kind of the go-to right now. He's tackling a very real topic politically that's all but ignored. Which is sad because that's the real problem that's going on in not just our society, but in just about every single society. So that being said, this does make me anxious to see what he has planned. If this first issue was to set the stage, to slow play it, to stutter step just a bit so he can introduce key elements of Constantine. Things that you would expect from the character, right? Yes. Setting him up as a bit of a a vortex of 
bad luck. Bad luck. Anyone around him gets sucked in, like the the child from the very opening pages. <laughs> down to his mom. Down to his own mother. Yeah. And I will say that the imagery of the grave, the slab, yeah. the gravestone, I should say. Here what here lies so and so Constantine died because of John Constantine. Something to that effect, right? Uh, is what was said. Yes. Do you have that in front of you by yeah, chance? I'm pulling it up right now. I mean, that was powerful imagery. So looking at issue one for Yeah, for, it says Mary Ann Constantine, beloved wife of Thomas and mother of Cheryl, who died to bring us John. <laughs> That's messed up. I, that's that's to me. <laughs> that's messed up. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. And that does show me that Taylor is capable. And I know he's capable because I feel that he's done great work within Deceased when it comes to John Constantine. And I'm hoping issue one is simply, hey, this is all. This is 48 page of setting the table. And that's what I feel it is. I hope. And I think my final judgment will rely will, will will definitely rely on the next issue. I mean, Tom Taylor likes politics. Look what he embedded into the very fabric <laughs> of, deceased. of deceased. We know he's a thinker. If he's a writer, he's probably a bit of an introspective, right? He has an introspective mind. Yeah. So that being said, even though I, I it sounded like I might have been negative. At the beginning, I'm still positive and I am still looking forward to seeing what Taylor can deliver. Yeah. I feel like there is something to look forward to. I just wish we didn't stutter step so much in the first issue. And that being said, I give this issue an RMD score of 70%, which is not a bad score. No, it's not. Dave, why don't you give me your final thoughts and your RMD score? My final thoughts on the issue, I, as I said, I'm 100% agreeing with all the points that you made. And I, I want, uh, after I read this for about like the third time, I basically came to the realization, yeah, this wasn't meant for us hardcore fans who already mm-hmm. know this about John. We know that he's a black cat. Mm-hmm. We know that he's, his life is fucked up and he seems to have like this weird karm- karmatic existence when it comes to the people around him. That's when I came to the realization about the third time. I'm like, going, okay, this entire issue was just to set up John for the audience. And it's the audience that does not know John Constantine. Yeah. And that's fair. And so after that, I started thinking about, okay, well, what were the elements that I really did like? I liked the element of, I like the element of actually bringing John's karmatic bad omen further because you got to remember since before this, a lot of people believe that Newcastle was the start of John Constantine's hell on earth. I think typically people look at that as a bit of his origin. That's his origin, right? Taking it all the way to his birth, I thought was very poetic. Have we ever seen anything like that, Dave? No, no, no. Yeah, I don't. I didn't think so. And I, I, if there was one thing I thought that, uh, because like as I said in the beginning, this entire issue just felt like he was playing it safe. The one risk I thought Tom Taylor was taking was adding to the origin of John Constantine, saying that Newcastle isn't where it all started. 
Newcastle was a catalyst. It all started from the day he was conceived and birthed out of her, his mom. Birthed out Birth. of his mom. And like, I came to that realization too, after the fourth time I was looking, looking to it. And I got to that panel that you were talking about where it's an entire page, essentially Tom Taylor saying, this is who John is. It is his bad luck. It started from the day he was born. Is that tombstone? I thought that was poetic. I thought that was really cool. And it gets the it gets the point across to an audience, but it's a scene made for an audience who doesn't know John Constantine like the hardcore fans. Right. So that was actually one of the bonuses. And a bonus I did like when I started thinking about was not the new character that they introduced, the officer, because she still seems she still seems a little one dimensional. Right. But I like the relationship that they that Tom Taylor introduced to John. It it could have been basically we're going to bring this female character and make her make it a former, you know, female love interest of John, and that's that's what it is. No, they actually posed it as this is two legitimate friends. This is a legitimate friendship between John and her. So it's not. I, I like the fact that that relationship that they gave us for. Arguably, the two main characters of the entire series mm-hmm. isn't based. There's no romance behind it. It's an actual, real relationship about uh, a friendship, and you get that across. I thought really well with the scene with how John interacts with the family. I mean, I I like the fact that also I kind of saw it as a as a dig at the new Fifty Two John, where she says, "What did you do to my family?" did you do some kind of dark magic? And John basically says, no sorcery needed. I gave your kids chocolate for breakfast and your husband and me just clicked. He's a good guy. And like, to me, after I read, I was like, I feel like that was Taylor's dig at new 52 where John constantly had something up his sleeve that forced people to win the day. I'm going to pull out a magic weapon. I'm going to pull out a spell (laughs) here. He he basically harkened back to the fact that this is John Constantine. He's just a bloke. Yes, he has magic, but his real weapon is that silver tongue of his. You can misconstrue that oh, any way you want. The ladies. <laughs> but it's, or gentlemen. But at the end Can of that the day. Is a gentleman? Yeah, I could. Yeah, I could. I mean, he stole the the girl, the, 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 the his friend's boyfriend, which That's is true. hilarious. That's true. <laughs> and like, so that old dog. It was tough for me to actually come up with a score of this, but I'm surprised that me and you are, are actually in the same region. Yeah. Because I don't want to make the audience think that this is a terrible issue with the score I give, because it's not a high score that I normally would give a John Constantine title. Right. I gave this a 75 at the end of the day. Yeah. But I say it's not a bad grade. It's not a bad grade. It's just not, it's not Cy Spurrier 97% type stuff. Yeah. It's it's just not, not. it's not in the nineties or the eighties. It's like you're, you're comparing CBS to HBO, but just like you're comparing fast and furious to Schindler's list. Yeah. I mean, that's just the facts. I, that's just, it doesn't mean Fast and Furious, you can't enjoy it. doesn't mean it's not good in its own way. It just means it's not Schindler's List. Yeah. <laughs> what I would, what I would, 
tell people is give this a shot. We only have to, yeah. we have to only read three issues. Three issues. That's I'm, it. And I'm excited. I am excited for issue number two. Yeah. I absolutely am. And I hope it didn't come across that I hated it because I didn't. I just feel like there were some missed opportunities. Oh, absolutely. There, there, there are missed opportunities with this that I was surprised with, but I can kind of, I think it's just because I know how, like I'm saying, like I know the industry, but like I've read comics for so long. But also you're a Tom Taylor fan. Yeah. And I think you are, you understand his work a bit better than possibly I do. And I know that he can do better. Yeah. So it's kind of like, give it a shot. Issue two, that's going to be the big turning point. Yeah. It's either going to be crap or it's going to be really good. Yeah. All right. So this does bring us to the end of our discussion. Right, Dave? Yes. Yes. I want to thank everyone for listening to the House of Mystery. Please don't hate us. But if you do hate us, leave us a review. (laughs) Leave us a negative review. A review is a review. Oh, yeah. 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 Head over to iTunes, Stitcher. Give us those reviews. Also, please pay attention to our affiliate links that we embed within the episode discussion. It helps us continue to be able to put out high quality broadcasts throughout the month, throughout the year. The only way we can do it is by you clicking through those links and purchasing, even if you don't want that specific item that we're promoting. If you are going to purchase something through Amazon or possibly through Entertainment Earth or any of our other affiliates, if you go through our link, it still helps us. That still it does. So please consider doing that and keep that in mind every time you listen to our shows. Thank you, David. Thank you. My name is John Constantine. I'm the one who steps from the shadows, all trench coat and arrogance. I'll drive your demons away, kick them in the bollocks and spit on them when they're down, leaving only a nod and a wink and a wisecrack. I'll walk my path alone. Because let's be honest. Who'd be crazy enough to walk it with me?